You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm of that perfect height where I don't know whether to use the stool or not. It's not quite... (laughs) Does it make a difference? I don't know. I just assume if there's a stool, I should use it. That's the way I've been... Well, today marks a... I wouldn't say the end, but... uh, a day which has been long, a long journey for Pastor Jenkins and his family, and a long journey for you as a congregation as well. And as the Lord brings you together, we celebrate his goodness and grace and the ministry and life he has in store for all of you. Now this gives us a rare occasion to preach on one thing, and that is... What is a pastor anyway? What is the job of a pastor? And this gospel lesson gives us a beautiful image. In verse 45, the Lord says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? You see, in this parable, Jesus, of course, is the master of the household, his church, his church Catholic throughout all the world. There is one master, there is one boss, there is one Lord, and that is Jesus Christ. But he has so designed his work in the world to function in this way that he sets a servant over or servants over his household for the sake of feeding the household at the proper time. Now there are a few things that we can draw from this and are important. It is that first, a pastor and the office of pastor, or the office of word and sacrament as we say in both the rite of ordination and the rite of installation, It is a divinely instituted office. That means it's not the idea of humans that we have the role of pastor or the office of pastor. Indeed, it is a divinely instituted uh, office. It wasn't just the people at uh, at some point said, hey, you know, it would be really nice to have one guy who, who preaches and teaches. Okay, let's do that. That sounds good. And so we see that That's a very important thing. The second is that the pastor is not the master of the household, not the boss. So he or she is not called to uh, uh, bring forth simply from his own ideas and, and best creation, but is to do 
and to lead and to preach and to make sure things are done in the household according to the master. And that's very important as well. Because you as a congregation must know the, the burden which is upon your pastor. That he stands before, we all stand before the master. But he here especially, to make sure things are done in, 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 in a way that is pleasing, in a way that Christ intends them to be done. Which means that the way things our Lord wants them done may not be exactly the way things, the, the most comfortable way for everybody. They may not be the way and the things that you want to done. They may not, they may not mis- match up with your list of priorities. Right? And that's hard. But such is the way of discipleship. Because we don't have a democracy here in the church. It's a monarchy. There's one Lord. And there's one faith. And there's one Christ. But so this also is instructive to the pastor. Because our vocation, our divine office is not... We are not called to to bring forth the good that is in us, to bring our best ideas. Now some but but to bring indeed the word of, of Christ. Now some pastors are very gifted preachers, and some are less so. Some are very gifted administrators, some are less so. Some are very good with people. Some can really make you feel good, some some less so. Some have great and big ideas about how to grow the church and how to do things great. But our vocation is to, when we wake up in the morning, take all those best ideas, pack them up and leave them at home, and go out armed with the tools our Lord has given us. The means of grace, which are His Word, and his sacraments. For the word and sacraments are the, the only effective tools which a pastor has been given to steward within the church and to teach you how to rightly receive them and put them to use within your own lives and families and vocations for the sake of the gospel and Christ's mission in the world. I love Psalm 71 appointed for today. I think this is a great... Uh, This is a great prayer. I think I might start praying this as a pastoral prayer. And if we look at, you can turn there if you'd like, look at verse uh, 15 and 16. Now this is a great prayer for all of us. Don't get me wrong. This is a great prayer for all of us, but I think especially for the pastor. When it says, My mouth will tell of all your righteous acts of your deeds of salvation all the day for their number is past my knowledge such is the prayer and desire such is our vocation our Lord has called us to do to tell of what? God's righteous acts verse 16 with the mighty deeds of the Lord I will come I will remind them of your righteousness yours alone now With what are we to come? 
with the mighty deeds of the Lord and to remind the congregation again and again and again of his mighty deeds, what he has accomplished in our Lord Jesus Christ. In his death and resurrection, we come again and again armed with that alone. The pastor goes out daily facing all sorts of situations, sometimes seemingly impossible situations in which people are facing death and desperation, where families are facing divorce and falling apart, where... where, where Christ's sheep has wandered and wandered and gone astray and don't seem to mind that. And what tools do we have? What do we have to bring there? Like the psalm says, I come with what? The mighty deeds of the Lord. I remember, in fact, I probably think this every time I go on a hospital visit. What do I really have to say to these people? This this man is dying. The, this child is sick. Lord, I don't have the words to say. And here I'm continually reminded, what you have to say doesn't matter. Tell them what I have to say. So we come with these mighty deeds and we call attention to what the Lord is, has done for that very thing that He did on the cross and dying for our sins. He is at work distributing through His means of grace, as the Word is preached and taught and heard and shared, and as His holy sacraments are administered. This is the food. This is how the, 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 the master of the household, He's entrusted the steward of the household to feed you with His holy Word and sacraments. But verse 16, before I move on, he says this, I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. Now there's a need there to to say this twice, to repeat this. Because we, our sinful nature will always take us and focus away from building up and preaching Christ's righteousness, that righteousness which is based on faith alone in Christ and not upon my works, and we always tend to turn away from Christ into building up our own righteousness. Perhaps we could say maybe all the problems within our lives and and all the problems within the church perhaps have this origin. As as a pastor, I, I, I know the temptation of wanting to build up my own righteousness, my own resume, So people would like me and say, man, he's successful. He's a good guy. We like him. But here, then I seek to build up my own righteousness instead of pointing to Christ. Many of the programs and things that we we, we want to do as as, as congregations often are based on wanting to build up our own righteousness. We want people, we want lots of people to fill the pews. We want people to come and say, wow, you guys are really successful and wonderful. And yet the temptation is to focus on our own righteousness. But here the psalm says, no, the ministry is about reminding people again and again of God's righteousness. The one he accomplished for us in our place on the cross. The one which we receive by faith alone in Christ alone. But the psalm goes on. Again, 
Oh God, verse 17, Oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, those come quickly when you're a pastor, I think. (laughs) Oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to those who come. And as, as this is our prayer as pastors, that we might be able to proclaim to another generation, that we might make disciples in the church that will know how to make other disciples and pass on this precious gift from generation to generation, from husband to wife, from from wife to husband, from from parent to child, from friend to friend. O Lord, that this may be so in this congregation for you, Brett, as a pastor, for you as his congregation which are walking with him, that the next generation might receive Christ and follow him too. Your righteousness reaches, O God, to the heavens. You have done great things, O God. Who is like you? Do not forget. Don't stop being amazed at the wonder of God. His righteousness is to the heavens. And His plan and work for you. You have a place in all of this, in His kingdom, in these mighty things He is doing throughout the world. You all have a role in that. Yet, verse 20 is true as well. True for all Christians, perhaps as well, maybe more so for the pastors. You have made me see many troubles and calamities. It is a a cross of the pastor to, to bear the burdens and the calamities of the congregation and the troubles of the sheep with them. And sometimes that comes as a natural part of being together, but sometimes the hardship comes as the devil stirs up opposition in the congregation and division to undermine the life of the pastor, to attack him personally, or... Yes, this is the prayer of a pastor. You have made me see many troubles and calamities. Our Lord says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And sometimes we wonder, is it so light, Lord? And is it so easy? But there is promise here because He bears it with us. We are not alone. Indeed, we are called to bear it with one another. And so help your pastor. Help your pastor to bear his burden as well. And here is the great promise. You who have caused me to see many troubles and calamities, you will revive me again. You will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. Can you see the power, the image of the resurrection from these words? You will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness, verse 21. You will comfort me again. Find comfort. 
in these promises of the Lord who is the Lord who has put you together with your pastor. Yes, you've called him. You extended the call, but really the Lord has through you extended the call to him. And Brett, I think this makes me think of you, verse 22. I will also praise you with a harp for your faithfulness. Oh my God, I will sing praises to you with a lyre. O Holy One of Israel, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long. May God so bless you in your ministry here that you may sing and talk of his righteous help all the day long. So welcome, Pastor Jenkins, as the rite of installation will have you do in a few minutes as a messenger of God. And welcome him, his family, and support and walk with them and love them because he wants to lead you to follow Christ. He wants to help you to learn who Christ is in your life. He wants to help you to know that you all have been given gifts and you all have a role in the ministry of the church. You all have a blessed place in the kingdom. And Christ calls every one of us as his disciples to share those gifts as he has given us. Thanks be to God. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light.